Hi everyone, welcome to Ohio State's Sport Management YouTube channel. We're honored to have an awesome guest with us today. I'm Cassidy. And I'm Gavin. Today we're here with Bob Whitsett of the class of 1978, who served as the general manager and president in the NFL, NBA, and is now a business consultant at Whitsett Enterprises. Bob, thank you for joining us today. Could you start off by giving us a description of your career journey? Well, I'm still in shock when you said I'm from the class of 1978, so I have to have to let that soak in for a minute. But uh, <laughs> so my uh, my career path was uh, uh, obviously I was in graduate school at Ohio State, and I did my internship with the Indiana Pacers, and I spent four years with the Pacers and um, got some great experiences there and and learned a lot of things and and took on some good responsibilities and then. Um, took a job. Uh, I left Indiana. I took a job in Kansas City as the vice president of the Kansas City Kings. And after three years, we moved the Kansas City franchise to Sacramento. And I worked uh, for the Sacramento Kings for a year. Uh, then I was um, offered a job um, to become the president of the Seattle Supersonics. And um, I took on both the president and the general manager jobs of the Sonics, and I was there for eight seasons, after which I um, remained a president and general manager of an NBA team. I went down to Portland, and I was the president and general manager of the Trailblazers for nine years. And during that time, uh, probably two or three years into that uh, uh, run, my boss, my owner, uh, we got involved and we bought the Seattle Seahawks. And um, so I was the president of the Seattle Seahawks for nine years. And in addition to that, I was the president of the stadium that um, housed the football team and the arena that housed the basketball team. And um, we did a number of other things. We, we uh, owned a women's basketball team, a WNBA team. I was the president of that. Uh, we put together a... a 24-7 sports channel. We put together the first high-definition television truck. We ran a few hotels and radio stations and various other things. And um, that, that was kind of the, the journey for me. And then after that, I've uh, done a number of things. I've uh, consulted. I've taught graduate school at Seattle University. Uh, currently, I'm consulting with the ownership group that's bringing a national hockey league team to Seattle. In addition, they're, uh, they're also in the process of building a billion dollar arena in downtown Seattle to house the hockey team and hopefully someday bring a, an NBA team back to Seattle. And along the way, I'm, um, I decided to, to go back to my roots and do what you guys are doing. I've, uh, I enrolled in law school three and a half years ago and I have uh, one class left and I'll have my law degree. So uh, I've kind of made that a full-time, part-time ancillary piece to what I do. So that's, that's kind of my journey. And uh, I'm here for you and whatever questions I can answer, I'd love to do. Awesome. Well, um, congrats on the law. That's awesome to hear. Um, you've had such great experiences in sports and business in general. We'd love to hear more about that. Um, what were the differences between working as an executive in the NBA versus the NFL? Oh, that's a great question. I, I get asked that a lot. Um, first of all, I love both. I, I love the NBA and I love the NFL. Uh, I would say at the top, um, probably there's different cultures with respect to 
not only the sports, but the, the league offices, the, uh, the ownerships, um, the style, um, you know, football is a different game. You have, you know, a minimum of 53 players and it's more now with the, the expanded rosters and the practice squads and it's, it's more of a hard salary cap and it's a sport that's just made for injuries. So you're constantly having to figure out how to manage within a harder cap, not an impossible, but uh, hard, meaning there's a little bit more finite uh, lid to how much you can spend on players. Basketball is a little bit more like uh, uh, rock stars. There's fewer players. There's a lot more games. Uh, fans know the players a lot more because they see them. Football, they, they know they couldn't pick three players out in the grocery store. And, and, and those would probably be quarterbacks because the guys are wearing helmets and they're so far away. Basketball, they see them up close and personal. And generally, they're very tall. So they, they come with a little bit more of an aura. Uh, the business is a little different. Generally, the basketball players have long-term guaranteed contracts. Generally, football players are a little bit more on a year-to-year uh, non-guaranteed basis. So there's a, and um, you, you, you really need everybody on the football team doing their job on every given play in order for the play to work. Basketball still a sport with a little bit more creativity and one really dominant player can carry the load if things break down a little bit. So, um, you know, the, the business aspects are similar, you know, the marketing and all those, those functions and the broadcasts and the community engagement and all the various things but the the product side is is, is a little different and and how to create a culture a winning environment a uh, you know a, a a system and a program that that works is you know they're both significantly different i would say thank you for that uh earlier we mentioned uh, what's it enterprises what does your day-to-day -day look like there well my day Today there's, uh, I don't answer the phone. I don't take calls. I try to do nothing because I'm quite busy right now. Um, generally what I've done with, with that company is I've used that um, as my platform to really help people who want to buy and sell professional sports teams. Um, I've been involved in a number of acquisitions and sales. Occasionally I will consult with the team and give them an overview on, on how I think their management uh, is doing and what changes they can make and some, some roster suggestions and things of that nature. But I don't do a lot of the day-to-day the -day stuff right now because I'm just too busy with, with law school and my involvement with the uh, Seattle NHL team and the construction of the new facility. So um, I've got a few uh, groups I'm working with still that if we find the right situation, we'll, we'll try to help them buy a team. And primarily we're looking at NBA teams, but we do have one or two groups that are interested in the NFL. Interesting. So switching gears a little bit, <coughs> why did you choose Ohio State to complete your master's degree? I can tell you exactly why. So I was going to, uh, I was at, in my undergrad was at um, University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. It was back in the days when there was really only one graduate program in the country. And that was at Ohio University down in Athens that had a sports administration program. 
And I was playing football my last year at Stevens Point, and I learned about that program, so I applied to get in, and I was I was not accepted. I think they had probably four or five hundred applicants for maybe twenty five spots. Um, no, actually, it was in the in the spring. It was after baseball season. I was playing baseball, so I went back up to school. I played football, and I reapplied. And while I was reapplying, I, I learned that Ohio State had a program. I think I might have been in the first class for sure the second, but maybe the first class. It was a brand new program. And so I applied to Ohio State at the same time I applied to Ohio University and I was accepted in both programs. And for some reason I decided to go to Ohio State because I thought my undergraduate college only had 8,000 students, so it was not that large. I thought it would be a good experience to go to a very large school. Um, back then Woody Hayes was coaching the football team in Ohio State's brand, particularly in football, I thought was a little bit more worldwide as opposed to uh, Ohio University. And so I, I made the selection and it turned out I stayed in touch with the people at Ohio University. And I went down there a number of times and helped them out on some projects. And they were actually instrumental in helping me get my internship with the Pacers because uh, Ohio University had a uh, ongoing relationship there. But the uh, I was for my internship, Ohio U had nobody available. Uh, so they recommended the Ohio State program and that, that was sort of a backdoor for me to, to get there. But uh, Ohio State was very new. So I'm sure they're, they're much more sophisticated today than they were back then. But uh, um, you know, it's like anything, it, you, you get out of it what you put into it and um, Ohio State worked very well for me. You mentioned the transition from a small school to a big school and how uh, the program worked out very well for you. Uh, what were some of your favorite memories from the program? Wow, that's a long, long time ago. I can't remember too many, but I will, rem I will tell you one thing. I mean, it was a lot of work. I think I did the program in uh, three quarters and then the fourth quarter was my internship. So uh, I didn't want to stretch it out. I wanted to get after it. I wanted to get a job. I wanted to get into sports. So um, I wanted to move as quickly as possible. So I thought the uh, the workload was a little more challenging than probably undergrad in terms of the academics, but I did have the opportunity during the summer quarter, I worked for the Eldon Miller basketball camp. He was the head basketball coach for the Buckeyes back then. And for me, trying to help put my way through school, support myself through school, it was great because I got free room and board. So I was living in a dorm in the summer quarter. Literally, I think there was two of us in the whole dorm and I'd go to the basketball camp and work the camps during the day, do my schoolwork evening. And it was fun. Um, you know, some of the Buckeye players were working there and got to meet the coaches. And obviously it turned out well because I continued on through the basketball ranks. But uh, it was kind of fun. I'd never been in a uh, academic environment in the summertime before. And in this case, it was more of a summer basketball camp slash school as opposed to school slash summer basketball camp. All clean fun that dorm, right? Just between you, you two? Well, yeah, we, uh, I think we each had our own, uh, what, what were they called, uh, suites? Like there was like four or eight rooms there and, and one person for, you know, in each of them. It was quite, quite amazing, it was fun. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, I'm sure you value, you value space even more when you're in dormitories, so. To have that much space sounds great. Um, <laughs> what have been the greatest challenges and the greatest 
highlights of your career? Well, that's, uh, I think every day in sports is a challenge. I think uh, for me, uh, most of my career, I was the, the, the head of the organization. And um, I could tell you almost every single day, I had uh, a lot of things I wanted to get done on that particular day. And in addition to those things, um, my day would be filled with things that just came up that I had no idea, whether it's dealing with an owner, dealing with the league office, dealing with a player or a player's family. Uh, the coaches might have an issue I have to deal with. Uh, but then um, the hundreds and hundreds of uh, employees we have, um, that, you know, or the vice presidents that report to me that just have ongoing issues or problems or things we, we had to work on. So uh, what, what I, one of the things I love about uh, sports, um, especially on the non-sports side, the, the business side, there's a lot of creativity. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do certain things, but it's always evolving. It's always learning. Uh, it has a huge impact in the community. It has a big social footprint. Um, more than half the people in the country love sports. So we provide something that is uh, a joy to people and fulfilling. But uh, I think the challenges are really understanding how to prioritize, understanding how, how to hire people, train people, and give them the freedom to do their jobs. And then to have the vision and the, the, uh, the ability to be a step or two ahead of uh, the competition because at the end of the day, uh, we're partners on the business side with all the other teams, but we compete against them on the court or on the field. And we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to win the championship. So uh, if you just do exactly what they did, you're going to be behind the curve. You have to figure it out before they do. And, uh, uh, and you'll see there's some franchises that they lose every year. And, and some franchise, franchises, they win every year. Well, you can win occasionally or lose occasionally, but if you're constantly bad or you're constantly good, I think that's a direct reflection of management. And uh, too often owners uh, just stay in the decade of being bad because they don't know how to get the right management in there. And the flip side is some franchises can be really good for a decade. That's because they've got the right people in there and they've given them the right tools to do the job. You've been able to gain a lot of experience through multiple stops and careers within you know, many organizations. What do you think are the most important skills for young professionals entering the, entering the work for workplace to focus on? I used to say the best way to get a job in professional sports was through sales. And nobody wants to start out in sales because they all want to be uh, the general manager and they want to trade players and, you know, sit in the front row and watch the games. And, and that's a great goal. And, and hopefully people that aspire to do that can, can accomplish that goal. I still think sales is a great avenue because um, in general, if you can drive revenue, if you can produce revenue, if you can uh, create that value, you're going to have a spot in the organization and you'll have a really good spot if you are a, a breadwinner, so to speak. Uh, so that, that would be one element. I think another really important element is the art of communication. I think technology is fantastic. It's helped us do so many things. But one of the downsides I find uh, with, with a lot of the younger people is 
they can't communicate. You get them in a room, they, they're, they're, they're not very good at speaking to a group of people, uh, which means they're not gonna be very good at leading people. They're not very good at listening. They're so good at social media and their head is down and they're in their device all the time and they can type real fast with their thumbs. But I think in the sports industry, you're dealing with fans, you're dealing with sponsors, you're dealing with uh, landlords, you're dealing with owners, you're dealing with leagues, you're, you're, um, you're dealing with people all the time. I think having great communication skills and great writing skills would be a very important tool if, if I was going to start out today in, in the industry. I'd, I'd want to make sure I had both of those. Absolutely. That's really great advice. Is there anyone who has been a mentor to you in your career or helped you figure out your way? I wish I could just point to one person and say that was the person. It was a little um, different for me. I had to, uh, you know, all the way back to Ohio State, I kind of had to find my own internship. I, I remember writing literally 200 letters. That's back when you had letters and you put a stamp on them and you had to mail them trying to find internships in the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, uh, arenas and stadiums. And, and I, I had all these rejection letters that I carried with me for years. Um, I, I would say each team I, 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 I went to, and, and uh, there wasn't one person who took me under their wing and, and showed me the ropes, but I had different people along the way who, you know, whether it would be a marketing director, a PR director, a business manager, uh, uh, outside counsel, um, a general manager, uh, different people along the way, an owner who might spend a little extra time with you and you, you get to have a little bit more of a rapport. And I wouldn't say they mentored me, but what I tried to do was find out what made them successful. They might have some skills that, that I don't have, or they might have some skills that I thought, hey, I, I could... I could implement a few of those, but along the way, the, the number one criteria for me, and, and I think I used this when I played sports, um, I had the philosophy and I still have the philosophy today that many, many years later is uh, I'm going to outwork everybody. And um, it sounds kind of silly, but I'll give you an example. Uh, I was the president of the Seahawks a number of years ago, and I was I, at the same time, I was the president and general manager of the Portland Trailblazers. So I'm running two different teams in two different cities, plus stadiums, arenas. I had literally thousands of reports and I was working out of two cities. And a friend of mine wanted me to talk to his son who wanted to get a job in sports. And the kid wasn't that motivated and I didn't want to do it, but it was a good friend. And I, I finally said, okay, here's the, and the kid had no job. He, he was doing nothing. He was just sitting at home doing nothing. So I finally said, here's the day, it'll be 10 o'clock at the Seahawks office on whatever day it was. Well, the kids, and I said, I've got maximum 30 minutes. And back then I, I literally had, you know, 30 minutes was a huge block of time for me to, to have for anything. And the kids showed up at 10.15. So I spent probably three minutes with them and sent them on his way. But uh, the message I gave them was, you should have been here at least at 9.45. You know, he had no excuse. The car didn't break down. The dog didn't die. None of those things. He just, you know, and I told him, you don't have the passion, the drive, the desire. So you need to have the passion. You really need to want it. Um, 
I was at the office the other day at, at the hockey office and uh, they had a job opening for, a, I don't know what it was, corporate communications, PR or so, some title, I can't remember. I just casually said, how many applications do we have? They had about 350 resumes for like a, a mid-level job. And, and that's how sports are. There, there's a lot of people that want these jobs. So you've got to outwork everybody. You've got to outthink them. You've got to show the passion and desire. And, and, and I would say, do what I did growing up in Wisconsin. Use Lombardi time. Lombardi is, is Vince Lombardi, famous Packer coach. If you're on time, you're late. Be there 15 minutes early. The person you're trying to impress, their time is more valuable than yours. So uh, passion and punctuality would probably be two two important things to put in your toolbox if you're out there looking for a job today. Bob, you just mentioned a lot of advice um, and tools for us and everyone listening to really think about and hopefully put it into our toolbox. Um, is there any advice you'd have for incoming graduates, students? I mean, is there entering, entering graduate school? Correct, yeah. I, I would say uh, besides obviously do the best you can do in your coursework, uh, network network with your professors, network with fellow students, network with alumni, start trying to meet people. If, if you want to go into college athletics, start with the Ohio State Athletic Department, get to know some people, see if they can introduce you to more people. But uh, networking is probably the most important thing they can do because it's a, it's, a, it's a business of relationships. And as I mentioned earlier, for every opportunity out there, there's hundreds of people that want the job. And it's a lot easier to hire somebody or certainly get them an interview if you know them. Never too early to start the networking process. Absolutely, that's really awesome advice for everyone, um, definitely in this field. Uh, kind of switching gears, do you have an all-time favorite sports memory? Um, usually mine are heartbreakers. It's when Kobe and Shaq beat us in game seven to go to the finals. We're up 13 in the fourth quarter. Most of my memories like give me an ulcer to think about it. But, um, you know, I, I think I look at it in, sort of in chunks. When I, when I joined the Sonics, they had the worst record in the NBA, the lowest attendance in the NBA. They were losing money. Um, they traded away their first round pick that I, for my first draft. So we didn't even have a first round pick. When I left the Sonics, we had the best record in the NBA. We uh, made money every year. I think we made the playoffs every year, but one. Uh, we had salary cap space. We had a lottery pick that I had gotten from another team. So um, I think each time I left an organization, I left it in much better shape than when I inherited it. And that's kind of the, uh, the mark for me is if you can do your work and do it well, um, you'll see a consistency, you'll see an improvement, you'll see, a, you know, when I went to the Blazers, it was an old team over the cap and in decline. So we had to uh, dismantle the whole team and, and we, we managed to do that without ever missing the playoffs. So we made the playoffs every year. And again, we built a championship caliber team in Portland. So, um, you know, we saw we built a new building, so we went from 12,000 people a game to 20,000 a game, and sold out every game. So, um, 
you, you, I think in sports, you need to look at it in multiple year increments, not just a season by season. Um, probably individually, I think, um, you know, uh, winning the NBA executive of the year is probably a nice award because it says the league and, and your peers think you're doing some good work. But really, that's uh, it's a bigger award than that. It says our organization is doing a good job. And I think one of the compliments for a president is if the organization is doing a good job, you should feel great that you hired a good people. And those good people are, are, are really doing fine work. And, uh, and, and the more times I had people leave my organization to go run their own organization, I think that's the ultimate compliment. And I've been fortunate enough where I've had a lot of assistant coaches go become head coaches. I've had assistant general managers become general managers. And each time somebody leaves my, my, uh, my organization and, and was a part of my team, and they go get to run their own team, I think that's the greatest compliment. And that probably gives me the greatest joy. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a huge testament to who you are in your roles um, across the board. So, Mr. Witsit, we really appreciate hearing from you as an alum of our program. And we thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to meet with us. And to everyone watching on YouTube, thank you for tuning in this week to our alumni series, and we'll see you next time.